The Big Fight Weekend Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is doing everything they can to help DGENs only cash big, including a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to get a 50% deposit match. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for instant deposit matches up to 50 bucks. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, for only $3.99. That's right, only $3.99. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean to get the new album. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. Ring the bell. We are off and rolling on the latest edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable, somewhat lucid host. He is the senior writer of BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns. Week sauce, how you feeling? Everything good? Pretty good, TJ. Close to Turkey Day, close to everything else happening, winding down. Looking forward to everything else going on this weekend. I know. Lots of food coming up, lots of boxing coming up. And to help us sort it out right off the bat, we're not messing around here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast like we do about 98% of the time. We're not messing around, at least on this episode (laughs) of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bernardo Osuna of ESPN's coverage of boxing, uh, including ESPN Deportes as well. Bernardo, thank you so much for hanging out with us here on this edition of the show off the Terrence Crawford Kell Brook pay-per-view that also had controversy in the co-feature. It's a great time to have you. Thank you. We appreciate you taking time with us here on the show. Hey, TJ Marquise, it's a pleasure to join you. Unfortunately, it wasn't a pay-per-view. It was on ESPN. Had about 2 million viewers you know, watching that uh, solid performance from one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world today. And, and what's happened since has just been we're, we're turning it into a telenovela now with, with Terrence Crawford and, and Bob Arum and, you know, what's going to happen in the near future. And not to even mention what happened in the Maloney-Franco uh, fight. Okay, so uh, as I said, I introed myself as the somewhat lucid host of the podcast. Thank you for the, your correction all the way out the bat. And, and by the way, uh, bravo, because Top Rank and ESPN brought us not only that fight card, but also the Teofimo lopez Vasali lomachenko fight card on regular pay cable ESPN, uh, giving back to the fans during the pandemic, uh, which we love. Um, okay, so let's go back to last Saturday night and begin right there. Crawford gets the win. That was not unexpected. G- give me, you were there in the bubble. Give me a thought or two watching him up close there as Crawford uh, defended his title successfully yet again and remained unbeaten, Bernardo. You know, Crawford's a beast. And the beauty of Terrence yeah. Crawford is he steps up to the moment because if you look back to our previous two fight cards, we had had Naoya Inoue on Halloween mm-hmm. and we had had the Teofimo Lopez uh, against Vasily Lomachenko fight. 
So you're talking about back to back to back some of the top pound for pound fighters in the world. And then Terrence Crawford comes in, studies Errol Spence for, I mean, uh, I wish it was Errol Spence, <laughs> Kel Brook for, for about two rounds. And then in the third round starts to bring it on. And in the fourth, he just drops the hammer as we all expected would happen. But the beauty of it is he comes out and puts the type of performance that he needs to put on. Because a lot of times you see the elite fighters take on a, a certain level of fighter and, and they fight down to the level of competition. And Terrence Crawford is the opposite. He doesn't care who you are, where you come from, what your story is. Once he sees you hurt, goodbye. He was, he's one of the most devastating finishers in the game today. And that's exactly what happened with uh, that fight against uh, Kell Brook. You know? And, and when, I, when I was interviewing him, I said, hey, Terrence, it was close until it wasn't. And I think that's the only way to describe that fight. It was a tactical chess match for a first couple rounds, you know, given to, to Kell Brook for a good start. They respected each other's power. And then once Terrence saw the opening, that's what makes him great. He took it and he finished him. No doubt about that. And then I love the moment that you got uh, in your role for ESPN on the crew with Joe Tessitore, Tim Bradley, Andre Ward, where you do the post-fight interviews. You're standing there with Terrence Crawford. You interview him about the win. Again, I think everybody was waiting for the next question or the follow-up question about what's next, because that is the logical question in most of these situations. Who do you want to fight next? What do you want to do? But this one was an extra juicy what's next, because we know it's been an issue for him to be able to get in front of Errol Spence, Manny Pacquiao, one of the mega payday type situations. And I, I thought it was great TV. You asked him and he turned. I know it's audio podcast that we're doing, but he turned and looked right at Bob Arrow. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to answer. You go ahead, Bob. You tell the public here about what's next for me. You were standing there. What did you make of that with the answer? Because then Bob went on the roll call of trying to promote. Yeah, well, I thought it was great because, you know, I wanted to have Terrence have his moment, but then Bob rolled up there and what did he tell <laughs> Bob, he, he's, you know, he's the top rank president, so he wants to be in on it. But at that moment, he knew what he was in for. You know, he knew that it was not going to be any softball. And, and then it had to be about, well, where are we going from here? Because, you know, the, the letter that Terrence's lawyer sent to Bob Aram did not sit well. You know, what, what has been said since and said, said before did not sit well with Terrence. So, you know, you want to be there, then it's going to come with the questions that everybody wants answered and and. You know, everybody wants to know what's next. I want to know what's next. Uh, you know, he mentioned the fact that it, it seems like it was Manny Pacquiao instead of Kell Brook that was in the in the works for, for this fight. But things fell through because uh, of uh, health issues and COVID-19 that we're all dealing with. So that fight couldn't happen. The money was there, he said. But hopefully early next year. And then really it's – and then it was why not Spence? When are we going to see Spence? Because that's the fight that everybody wants to know. And, and the big question is – can Bob put it together with Al Heyman and PBC and make it happen? We just did. And I mentioned that. I said, we just did it with Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder in the rematch. And, and it really comes down to the, the heads of these companies wanting it to happen because I know Terrence wants it. I know that Errol Spence is not ducking him because Errol Spence is, is a grown man who wants this fight as much as Terrence does. Now there's talk about 60, 40 split, whatever. Look, <laughs> if the fighters want it, it should happen, and I, I know both want it, but they both got to go to their guys. Terrence has gone to Bob and said, make this fight. Now it's up to Errol after he gets past Danny Garcia, which is no easy task coming off mm -hmm. of that accident. You know, if he gets past that fight, if he really wants Terrence Crawford, then I would think that PBC would want to work with top rank because it's a big economic risk 
to put on pay-per-view on your own. I mean, both are great fighters. We know that. But what's their reach beyond the hardcore fan? And that is the question that everybody should be asking themselves because we know them because we love the sport and we love the skill set of Terrence Crawford, what it can do switching, that killer instinct. We know the power of, of Errol Spence and how good he can be. But at the end of the day, what made Pacquiao, what made Mayweather great, what makes Canelo great is that you don't have to be a boxing fan to know who they are. Are Terrence and Errol at that level? And I don't know that any one promoter can put the kind of money in on their own to make that fight happen. I think the best way to do it is a co-promotion. You put in half, I put in half, and we reap the benefits of what these guys can bring. Well put on all of that. The voice of Bernardo Osuna of ESPN and their top-ranked boxing coverage hanging out on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Okay, so that was only part of the story. That was the, the big part of the story <laughs> in the main event. The co-feature fight, with which was a rematch for the WBA's Junior Bantamweight Championship, uh, Joshua Franco and Andrew Maloney, as I like to say one of my lines, it had more twists and turns and drama than a month of General Hospital on, <laughs> on what truly happened. Uh, okay, uh, so you were there. You were, you were on scene. I guess Marquise wants to ask it first because you've been most curious. Marquise, jump in here. Ask away about the ending and the controversy with Franco Maloney. Absolutely, Bernardo. The one question that, well, it's my question for you is two parts. One, we, we saw the replay, we saw the replay several times, about 26 minutes worth, as you well know, on the <laughs> yeah. broadcast. So uh, part one for you is, was it a punch? And two, how did you react to it? Because you, as you well know, you had to talk to people in the corners. You had to pretty much just shuffle around, talk to whoever you had to get available. I didn't see a water boy for you. But how did you handle <laughs> the whole situation as a whole, uh, Bernardo? And explain to me like just how that everything went down. And, and how can we make replays in boxing faster? Obviously, this is the growing pains of it. And we're still trying to learn how, how, how the VCR works and how the replay tape works and whatever have you. But there's got to be a better solution to make this a little more on the spot or more real time. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Let me ask you guys real quick. So, so Marquise, did did you think it was a headbutt or a punch? That was like a solid punch, and he threw a lot of them in two rounds. And my uh, hand is up, Bernardo. I thought punch, too. I didn't see the clash of heads that the referee, that the referee's closer. We're watching on TV. You were closer. You were ringside. He's calling butt earlier in the in the first round, but I thought punch as well, Bernardo. And that's the question, right? And that's why when you when you perceive something live, it may not happen that way. Earlier in the fight card, there was a knockout um, from uh, Vegas Larfield. And I oh. called, uh, I think I called a, a right hand and Tim Bradley called it a left hook. And it wasn't until we saw the replay that I was right with what I had called. So that just goes to show you how quick things happen in real time. So for referee Russell Mora to perceive a headbutt, you know what? To his credit, there were several headbutts during the fight, but yes. nothing consequential. And the one that they said caused a swelling, to me it looked like it was on the left side of his face and not the right side of his face. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing that Franco did very well was keep his right hand up the entire time. That's the way he holds his high guard. And so it was hard to perceive anything. But I'll tell you what. We had nine cameras in the ring tracked on that. And if my guys in that truck cannot find a headbutt, it's for a reason. And, you know, we looked at it time and time and time again. And, you know, the Nevada State Athletic Commission stuck by their guns because from the beginning, when I went over to the table to ask if they were going to do a replay, 
you know, um, Robert Bird said, look, I saw a headbutt too. So in their eyes, they had seen enough. And much like we have in the NFL or, or you know, in, in Major League Baseball, it has to be incontrovertible evidence that it overturns it. So mm-hmm. to their credit, they stuck with it. The whole entire world saw something that completely different. But it, it's one of those things where if my guys couldn't find it, trust me, we have the best crew. We've got an overhead camera. We've got nine cameras tracked <laughs> on that entire ring. And if they could not find a headbutt that caused that, it's for a reason. And, and it, it was very tight. But in the end, you know, they stuck to their guns and, and uh, the, the, the production crew stuck to their guns and said, hey, we didn't see it. So hopefully the WBA does the right thing and orders that that third fight, which Bob Arum said could land in Australia, would be a great payday for, for Joshua Franco to go over there and what could be a doubleheader with uh, Teofimo Lopez uh, making his uh, mandatory defense against uh, George Camboso. So, you know, it could be great business for everybody. But at the mm-hmm. end... Replay exists for a reason. And, and, you know, I talked to Bob Bennett about this a lot. It's a work in progress. They're really the first major um, commission to put it into play. And they really, they've really done a lot from the beginning of the bubble to now in terms of implementing it. But it's hard, guys. It's, 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 not, it's not an easy thing to do. And we saw just how hard it can be. But I see where they're coming from. But I see where my guys are coming from, too, where... You just couldn't see it. Especially when you guys had a slow-mo replay of an excellent straight left jab right on the eye in and around the time where the swelling started right after that. Uh, Again, very convincing. And again, the distinguishment is that if it is a punch and he can't continue, it's a TKO, which is what Maloney thought when the fight was waved off. He thought, I've won by stoppage. I've reclaimed Uh my title. Meanwhile, the referee's on a whole nother track and the commission's on a whole nother track of, we believe it's a butt. We've got to look at the replay to make sure. And, And part of Marquise's question was, during that 26 minutes, you guys are filling on the air. You're watching replays. You're going over trying to eavesdrop on the commission. What was that like, real quick? Because it had to be one of the most bizarre things you've been part of now that you reflect on it, right? Well, yeah, because you figure, hey, if you're going to stick to your guns, you just say, hey, I know what I saw, and that's it. It's done. It's over with. But to let it go for 26 minutes means you're seeing something, and something's causing doubt. Something's making you, you know, see things that you didn't see were there originally, and that's the whole purpose of instant replay. But but it was just, uh, it was frustrating. It was frustrating for everybody because, you know, as I spoke to, to um, Maloney's corner, they're thinking, hey, we should be world champions. When I speak to Robert Garcia uh, in, in the corner of Joshua Franco, who's the champion, who won it in that same ring, uh, months ago in, 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 in great fashion, in dominant fashion, then he looks at it, hey, when I see something taking this long, I just think they're trying to find a way to screw us. And, and so, <laughs> you, 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 know, every, every, you know, and you see the commission looking at the, at the videos and it's like either you see it or you don't. And then the whole explanation about the thumb in the eye and, and I get Jay Nady to, to, you know, explain the ruling to me because a lot of people will, will say, well, if it's a thumb in the eye, well, then it's got to be a, a you know an accidental foul, and that's not the case because once the gloves were attached to the uh, once the thumbs were attached to the to the glove, it becomes a part of the glove. So that's a legal punch, actually. So it's one of those things where many questions come up, and in the end, is why wasn't it overturned? And and uh, you know, it, it's in this world we live in nowadays. It's 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 so polarizing, and that's why I wanted to get your opinions, what what you thought, because 
if, if no matter what I tell you, if if you're in the Joshua Franco camp, you're gonna say, you know what, it was a headbutt. No matter what you tell me, if you are in the Maloney camp, you're gonna say, hey, you know what, I know what I saw, and it was it was all those jabs. And in the end, the the only thing I could say is, if you watched the fight, you had 26 minutes to judge for yourself. <laughs> Great line on that from Bernardo Osuna, who is with us for a few more moments. Marquise, I know you wanted to ask him one more about a fight he worked earlier in the bubble and whether it's the fight of the year. Go ahead. Absolutely, Bernardo. I want to get your thoughts on you because you, you called it live, the fight of the year with Tim oh. Bradley between, uh, yeah, I think you know where I'm going with this, but against oh, Ivan yeah. Baranchik and Jose Cepeda. Uh, fill me in on how that was because that was insane watching five rounds of that. Man, I, I called it unbridled offense for, <laughs> you know, Four rounds and, you know, two minutes and 50 seconds that it lasted. It was, it's it, you know, as a broadcaster, it's a gift from the boxing gods. You know, for all those times I had to drive out to Eagle Pass to call a fight and stay <laughs> at a crappy hotel you know, over my 20-some-odd years of a career, this was the boxing gods saying, hey, Bernardo, here you go, buddy. Take this one. And, and it was just, I'd never been involved in a fight like that where both guys go down four times. They actually missed the knockdown, you know, for in favor of of Zepeda, which ended up being inconsequential. But then that finish, I think the crescendo of that fight and and just how things happen in the moment. And you know, I was just saying on my call right before he got knocked out. You know, both guys have been down, and you know, neither's been knocked out knocked out because they have a ton of heart. And then boom, there comes that left that uh, you know Baranchik never saw. And, and it's one of those things where. You go from the exhilaration of seeing a knockout like that and then from for the concern of a human being who you see laid out and and you're you know, I, I think that's probably what I'm proudest of. And and you know, just talking to my bosses and my colleagues, they're like, the way you went from the euphoria of that call to the concern seamlessly is what makes you a a, a you know, a broadcaster because you have to read the room, you have to be able to react immediately and, and you know, I, I was I don't think I've ever yelled that loud in my entire career. <laughs> but then you look down and the guy's laying in front of you motionless and you have to react sure. as a human being. And, and yeah. so I think that's that was the, the what made me most satisfied about that is being able to deal with the highs and the lows and getting Tim to to take you to that place when, you know, he would talk to his wife and say, hey, I may not come back the same man that goes into that ring and take you into the Provodnikov fight and those feelings and those emotions. I think, you know, we see those guys as, as warriors and, and then you get to realize like, man, these guys are human beings and, and, and what they do for our entertainment is risk their lives. And, and you have, you know, that's why when people call someone a bum that goes in the ring, I don't, anybody who has the guts to step into their ring deserves Amen. respect, whether yeah. they're Amen. Good, bad or indifferent, it doesn't matter. Anyone who who has the courage to go and prepare, make weight, and step into that ring and exchange punches with another man deserves the utmost respect. If you are, absolutely, if you are Mm -hmm. willing to step through those ropes and take a punch, which so many of, I like to call them the keyboard warriors and the the phone users, they... They have no interest and would never in a million years step through and be willing to take a punch from one of no. those. So you're absolutely right uh, on that. Just a couple of more moments. Bernardo has been most gracious uh, with his time. Hey, just a quick 
thought that may be the fight of the year. I know Povetkin's one punch that he landed on Dillian White may be the knockout of the year. Maybe it's Gervonta Davis on Santa Cruz uh, recently that might be. But that Zapata knockout of Baranchik might be the... You might have called the fight of the year and the knockout of the year on that night. You just never know in sports. I mean, it just... It's, it's sometimes... It's a it, you don't know going in a pitcher throwing a no hitter for example um, in football last weekend the the Cardinals the hail mary on the final play you don't know yeah. sometimes and you may have had yeah. both Bernardo yeah, that that's the beauty of it you don't know what you're gonna show up yeah. and call you know sometimes you get these big mega fights that turn out to be stinkers and you're like really all this promotion and all this for nothing right <laughs> and then you know this reminded me a lot of the Castillo Corrales fight because. Now everybody was at the venue, but let's not forget that it didn't sell the way they expected that fight to sell. And that I really put that in the same vein of that because, you know, this time it was the fact that we were in the bubble and we're going to be, you know, the few privileged to say we were really there. And, yeah. and to be privileged to call that, you know, and, and, and to be a part of that fight was an amazing gift to my career and an amazing gift to boxing fans everywhere. And, and we were talking about it, you know, with Tim, it's like, no matter what happens, you know, if you've ever been to a top-ranked boxing fight, mm-hmm. they have the video that of This Is Boxing where you got Muhammad Ali Please. and Sugar Ray Leonard, Duran, Arguello, Pryor, Hagler, Hearns, and, you know, that's the hype video. And if that doesn't yeah. give you chills, you're not alive. Yeah. And this is a type of fight that could make its way onto that track and, and, and just and have a rightful place in there. And my call could be there, whatever, and... and you know, it, it was one of those things where I talked to my, my daughters and I was like, hey, your dad, your dad was a part of something special tonight. Love that. We got to go. I know you got to go in a moment or two. Two fun ones about the bubble, because you've been inside that bubble <laughs> for a long time working yeah. in Las Vegas, etc. What was a really cool thing about the bubble? Ping, ping pong table could be anything. What's a really cool thing about the bubble? It, it was that, the camaraderie, because the first seven weeks that we did, it was you couldn't leave. And so you had to find a way to keep yourself entertained. So we did ping pong tournaments. We had cornhole there. And it just really, you, you know, you became a family because we, you, you had a choice to either have a crappy time there or, or make the best of it. And, and we really built a great environment. It really became our, our, our own little world for seven weeks. And then it became less restrictive in the second and third iteration of the bubble. But first, the, the, the original bubble people, uh, you know, we really, we really made the best of, of a of a really hard situation, and and I think that's what I'm going to take away from that is is the friendships that were built. You know, we 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 would play poker on our own. We'd play some, <laughs> uh, you know, dominoes. It's, you had to make it work. You had to make the time pass. And are so, you better at poker really or are you better at dominoes, Bernardo Osuna? We got to know on the podcast. Which are you yeah, better I, at? I'm, I'm better at poker. Better at poker. All right, just Good to, to know. know. Just to know on that. And was there a point in time, because I've done this, I mean, we all did this back in March and April where everybody went inside and went at home. And you're trying to keep track of, my God, is it Thursday or is it Sunday? (laughs) Was there ever a point in the bubble where you're like, I've been in the hotel for so long and in the halls and in the convention center and in the weight area, the, the, the ring area, did it all start to run together? It had to. And how did you handle it? Well, it it did, but that's the whole part of it you know it, it was yeah. we said it was groundhog's day it, it, you know every tuesday and thursday was, was a fight <laughs> and so i think that's what kept the same the fact that we had two fights a week so yeah. the prep work that we put in you know with the espn crew is no joke so 
it was really when you look at it, we really had Friday off and then, you know, Saturday off. We, we they you know, later on in like third week, they opened up the pool for us and we had a private pool that we could go to. And, <laughs> and so it was it was not as bad as it, it, it was the first two weeks. But but uh, it, it was really about, you know, really focusing on on what you had to do and, and, and being able to tell stories. And, and the fact that I was the only guy in there because. Tess was in studio, the only guy in studio, and and Andre, Tim, and Kriegel were at their homes doing, you know, the broadcast. And so the fact that it could all go down at any time and you might have to do it all from the bubble, you really had to be prepared, you know. And so yeah. it, it was really a challenge that 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 I really enjoyed. And and uh, you know, I'm gonna take that with me forever. I was in the bubble and 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 I had the privilege and the responsibility of of being your eyes and ears in the bubble for for top ranked boxing on ESPN. Marquise, has this been any good with Bernardo Osuna? I think it's about a 12 on a scale of 10. Absolutely. And I'm more intrigued now you play poker. I think we need to get a couple of nozzle minutes sooner or later. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Hey, once Vegas gets back to normal, because, you know. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is Marquise loves to give away his money to total strangers online gambling on poker. He might as well give it away to you uh, yeah, while I'm he's not, doing yeah. that. Friendly face. Equal opportunity on that. Bernardo, great stuff with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Keep up the great work on the top ranked coverage on ESPN. We'll be watching. Love it. Thank you, sir, for hanging with us. All the best. You guys take care, and thank you for having me. We're brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. We've headed now into November with the NFL, with college football, everything that's going on right now in sports. And, of course, whether you're a first-time customer or whether you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, contests, everything they offer every week, including with the fights off the huge weekend last weekend. Find all the odds, sign up, load up, find an edge, make your bets, and get paid with MyBookie. And right now, if you sign up today and use the promo code SGP, you'll get a deposit match all the way up to $500 in your account if you're a first-time user. Again, if you're a first-time user, put $100 in, they'll put $100 in. The same with $200 on your initial deposit, they'll put $200 in all the way up to $500. It's winning season at MyBookie. Join in the fun. Get some cash. You bet. You win. You get paid. A $500 up to $500 deposit match awaits you as a first-time user with our promo code SGP. It's mybookie.ag, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. Tremendous response from our audience here at Sports Gambling Podcast and the network of shows, including Three Dog Thursday, uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast, a college experience with Colby Dant, uh, on and on, including our Big Fight Weekend podcast that we have on the network fleet of shows. All of you keep responding, and rightfully so, with Thrive Fantasy because it's daily fantasy with player props. In the NFL, choose 10 of the 20 available players in the props and build up your lineup. And with Thrive, you eliminate all of the other ancillary, which way to go, the extra research. Again, it's 20 available players in the NFL. Pick 10 of them, prop them up. They're assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under. Hit the prop and rack up the most important points, uh, and those points will win you a share of the prize pool. So for this week, for example, give me a prop like Aaron Rodgers hosting the Jaguars at Lambeau, 287.5 passing yards. 
That seems a little low. I mean, Deshaun Watson let uh, let them up last week. I think it's going to be the same thing with Rodgers this week. I think he will get to 300 passing yards in this game. I'm going over uh, on that prop. Another one that is interesting is the Eagles and Carson Wentz. We'll be talking more about this game as the podcast goes on with the Eagles and the Giants at the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium and for New York. Can they hold Carson Wentz under 24 and a half completions? Their defense has been so-so. I know that even Alex Smith was throwing on him. Tom Brady obviously led the comeback to throw on him. I would be inclined to take the under here on Carson Wentz with the Giants looking for some payback. Under 24 and a half completions uh, in that game, in the Giants-Eagles game. Again, 24 and a half completions. That's a lot of completions for Wentz and the Eagles offense, which has struggled uh, at times. And we'll go back to one more. Uh, the showdown with the Ravens and the Patriots, which will be Sunday night football. This one at New England. Will Mark Andrews catch a touchdown or not? The tight end of the Ravens from Lamar Jackson against New England. New England's defense uh, gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points to Joe Flacco and the Jets. Uh, Andrews is a great red zone target for Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go over that total. I think he will catch a touchdown in this Sunday night game at New England. Give me the over for the Ravens tight end as just another example of what you have with Thrive Fantasy. So again, take advantage with our friends at Thrive Fantasy and all of these different props. They've had over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes going out every week. They've awarded over $1.8 million this season in cash prizes. Use our promo code SGP when you sign up and get an instant match of up to $50 on your first deposit. So download that Thrive Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Go to thrivefantasy.com to find out more, see the rules, the restrictions. Sign up and prop up today and use our promo code SGP with Thrive Fantasy. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. Tremendous response from our audience here at Sports Gambling Podcast on the network of shows, including Three Dog Thursday, uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast, the College Experience with Colby Dant, uh, on and on, including our Big Fight Weekend podcast that we have on the network fleet of shows. All of you keep responding, and rightfully so, with Thrive Fantasy because it's daily fantasy with player props. In the NFL, choose 10 of the 20 available players in the props and build up your lineup. And with Thrive, you eliminate all of the other ancillary, which way to go, the extra research. Again, it's 20 available players in the NFL. Pick 10 of them, prop them up. They're assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under. Hit the prop and rack up the most important points. uh, And those points will win you a share of the prize pool. And some players for this week for Thrive Fantasy. A couple of names that jumped off of the page immediately at me. How about Dalvin Cook? Combined under over for rushing and receiving yards is 120 and a half. He has been so good and was again on Monday Night Football 
uh, with running the football. The combined yards from scrimmage against a bad Cowboy defense. I know they're off the bye week. I like the over total on Thrive Fantasy there uh, for the under over of the 120 uh, rush yards. So I'm going Dalvin Cook in that one. Um, uh, one in, in the early games, Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans in their matchup with the New England Patriots. 300 combined pass and rush yards. New England's defense has been pretty good. I'd be inclined to go the under there because Houston has been so bad uh, for that game that uh, will be taking place in Houston at NRG Stadium. I'll go under the 300 combined pass and rush yards uh, for Deshaun Watson as a couple of the plays uh, here for this. And also, what else? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, again, if that game does get played against the Raiders, and we think that it will be, his passing yards at 306.5. I don't know how they came up with 306.5, not liking 306 or 307. But I'm inclined to go over there against the Raiders, who are depleted on defense. I'm taking the, the over 306 pass yards. I would have anyway if, if the Raiders starters were even there. They've been bad against the pass, even with uh, full health. So there's just three of the examples of the under-overs that you can use uh, with Thrive Fantasy, and we suggest that you do so. As Thrive has given out over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes every week and has awarded now over $200,000 in cash prizes for the year. Use our promo code SGP, by the way, and you get an instant match up to $50 on your initial deposit. Go get the Thrive Fantasy app in the App Store, the Google Play Store. Go to the website thrivefantasy.com to find out more about the rules and the regulations. You sign up and prop up today. And don't forget our promo code SGP gets you $50 on a match, up to 50 bucks with your first deposit. It is Thrive Fantasy and the promo code SGP. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. And we are back in once more with the senior writer of BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns. Was that any fun with Bernardo Osuna of ESPN? Oh, TJ, that was amazing. In fact, that's going to be a lot better than what we have coming on these fights this weekend. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, there's, some, uh, there's some weekends where we're very excited about what we have. We did lose the Dillian White-Alexander Povetkin heavyweight rematch main event for the DAZN show in London because Pavetkin mm-hmm. tested positive for COVID-19 a couple of weeks ago, uh, even yeah. though Dillian White doesn't believe in that, even though Dillian White probably believes in dinosaurs and Martians and other things. But in any event, uh, <laughs> they aren't fighting for now. They may be fighting later on in January, is, is apparently part of the conversation that those two may fight. So that London fight card is going to go on with the son of Nigel Ben, Connor Ben, now in the main event. Um, so let's, let's get right into that here while we start talking cards. That's now the main event for 10 rounds against a name in Sebastian Formella that we saw earlier this year in the United States. Uh, Marquise, enlighten us more. 
Absolutely, Chase. Let me correct you as well. It's actually a 12-rounder, and it's for a regional WBA title uh, at welterweight. What it is, oh, TJ, with this one, uh, former IBO champion Sebastian Formella, last seen on PBC on Fox being punched around from Sean Porter for 12 rounds, uh, is back in action against this one against uh, Connor Ben. It's going to be uh, fun to watch to see how much of progress Connor Ben has in the, since his last fight. This is one of those fights to see how he looks uh, as a whole on the main stage. Uh, yeah, I don't expect too much out of it. The one thing we gathered from Formella, now that we all have tape on him, is that he can take a punch. He took about 4,000 from Sean Porter. So we'll see <laughs> how many he can take from Connor Ben on Saturday afternoon. Well, okay. Saturday night in the Sa- yeah, Saturday afternoon, our time. And you, you also wrote on the site about uh, the undercard. The, co- the co-feature is a heavyweight, uh, uh, Fabio Wardley, unbeaten, up-and-coming heavyweight, not not a contender yet, not ranked anywhere yet, but he's a knockout guy, and he and he's there to deliver another knockout, right? Absolutely, TJ. What it what's the fun thing about this card that's going on actually is TJ is that Dillian White's out of this card, but his fighters in heavyweight camp still march on. Like Fabio Warley, for example, is going to be in action against Richard Larte, and that, that's probably going to be expected for him to see how long he can uh, punch around Larte for a couple of rounds. Also, as well in this undercard, TJ Alan Babic. I need to put you on this guy. This is another prospect who is facing up uh, Tom Little. Uh, the fight talk going into this fight going in, TJ, I kid you not, was Alan Babic says I'm going to knock him out, and then we're going to go for a beer afterwards and hug. <laughs> And talk about it so i'm looking forward to seeing that and also on the pre-fight uh, media call this weekend talking with babic he mentioned how he'll he's willing to fight anybody but they won't give him anybody he said he's willing to fight godzilla so he's he's one of those interesting characters and i expect more of the same with this in three rounds or less on, on this on this undercard and again, for our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast, who we're affiliated with and through MyBookie.ag, one of the big sponsors across the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows and what we do here with Big Fight Weekend, they do have the odds out. For example, Connor Ben is heavily favored, minus 260, or roughly 2.5 to 1, to win over Sebastian Formella. And the Wardley fight, he is minus 1,400 to win, and, and the odds are pretty drastic that it's going to be by knockout. Uh, in this fight, if you're just looking at the odds, I wish that we had a more 50-50 fight to kind of give you. We don't really have that. There's also the FS1 card, the the Premier Boxing Champions card back in the United States in Los Angeles. Uh, another prospect card, uh, if you will, this weekend that also has the veteran Javier Fortuna, the lightweight, uh, in action. Tell me more, Marquise, about what's on Saturday night late on Fox Sports 1 cable in the U.S. Uh, pretty much the uh, status quo of the uh, FS1 fight card here with prospects. The one thing about Fortuna in action, TJ, is he's, he's, he's pretty much ranked high in all the rankings at the 135, but he's on that cusp behind all the ones in terms of mandatories for that elusive belt that Tiafimo Lopez has. So in order for him to stay you know, active and stay up in that ranking, he has to fight somebody. And so he, they put him up against Lazada, the fight veteran, about uh, 44 and 1. So we'll see how that looks out. The other fight of actual note on this card, Tito, is, is the co main event. Austin Dulay out of Nashville is in action. He is fighting uh, Jose Gallegos. He was last seen, TJ, being upset in his hometown on the Kayla Plant Feigenboots card. And he's, this is his first fight to action since then in the rebound. All right. So we'll keep an eye on those fights that are going to be on Fox Sports 1. And then obviously, Thanksgiving next week. And when we get to next weekend and next Saturday night on the 28th, the Tyson Jones card, which at the time that we're taping this, it looks like that's going to happen, even though there's been oh, great boy. skepticism about the <laughs> exhibition that they're calling a fight and whether or not that card will come off. Looks like right now at the time we're taping that it will happen. No fans taking place in California. 
Uh, we'll see. But also the uh, the British, speaking of the heavyweights, the British showdown with unbeaten young uh, Daniel Dynamite Dubois and Joe Joyce, who's also an unbeaten older uh, fighter and a former MMA fighter. That one is intriguing for next week. So we got to hold out for those fights and fight cards for next weekend. We'll get through with these. Before we get out of here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, uh, we did find out that Canelo Alvarez is confirmed this week to be back in the ring in December. Callum Smith of England will be the opponent. Apparently the fight in Texas, most likely at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio for December 19th. Marquise, your reaction to all of this, that Eddie Hearn is able to make the deal and that the fight will apparently be right back on DAZN. Uh, I've got a comment on it, but I want your comment first. We get a Canelo fight before the end of the year, and it's England's Callum Smith. Your reaction? I think it's a great fight, TJ, but nothing says that 2020 in the most boxing thing ever to name fighter who sues his promotional company and the network that it's on, tries to become a free agent, and then signs an immediate fight back on that network he just tried to sue. I find that's just the most boxing thing ever. <laughs> and the, the fight itself with Callum Smith is actually a good one. It's one of the ones that they mentioned beforehand when they went down the list of names early in this year, pre-pandemic, where they had him, Billy Joe Saunders, and then Caleb Plant at that time as well. They all those guys backed out, and then Billy Joe Saunders backed out, and then here we are we finally with Callum Smith. The one thing with uh, Callum Smith, TJ, that I thought was interesting, and Eddie Hearn's been notorious for doing this with uh, fight choices, and... He mentioned, like, beforehand what, uh, what offered Canelo was it was either Callum Smith or John Ryder. Like, okay. Like, he did with last time when, like, when, uh, Devin, when Devin Haney last go around. It's either Yorkus Gamboa or Gary Russell Jr. Like, we're going to get Gary Russell Jr. to fight twice a year. Good luck. So, it's stuff like that I always find to be kind of iffy on Eddie Hearn's part. But, nonetheless, this actually is a good fight all the way around. And it, it also at 168, it's also a good fight for Canelo. Well, and you mentioned the point about suing DeZone. Is it not obvious now that the real hatred behind the scenes was with the promoter, Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions? And we knew this uh, when he got stripped uh, the summer of 2019 of part of his undisputed welterweight, or I'm sorry, middleweight world titles. Uh, he was furious when he got stripped of the IBF version of the belt. He was furious with De La Hoya, De La Hoya's matchmaker, and that feud just continued, Marquise. And it's obvious that, yes, DeZon was a party almost by necessity to the lawsuit of, I, I'm going to blast everybody, but I'm most mad at De La Hoya. And it's obvious now he wasn't as mad and doesn't care as much about DeZone because DeZone's going to kick in some money at a better price for them, and he's right back on their service without De La Hoya involved, without De La Hoya making anything off of this fight. So it is interesting how that part lined up. And again, Callum Smith won the World Boxing Super Series Tournament for what it's worth. Uh, has not been in action this calendar year. Last time he was in action was last winter and did not look good against John Ryder, the aforementioned British all. fighter. <laughs> Who knows uh, what this will look like in about a month, but we got plenty of time to build up on that. Anything else before we get out of here on this edition of the podcast um, uh, that, we, that we haven't covered, that we haven't gone about from a news standpoint, et cetera? Are we good on all other fronts? Just – just one quick note, TJ. I, I did catch today uh, in the afternoon. Earl Spence had his uh, video yes. workout over in Dallas, and from, by all accounts, and I saw it as well. He looked good, but I mean, TJ, I I, I love these things to death, and every fighter does these things beforehand with media workouts. I mean, I was at live with Keith Furman in person. Everyone looks good at the workouts. We won't know anything until he gets a punch to the face in the ring against Danny Garcia on on, on December fifth. So, well, but nonetheless, right. he looks good. 
And and he looked ripped. I saw it. I wrote about it on the website. You can check it out depending on when you're hearing us about him saying, hey, I did not take a tune-up here. I wanted to go after Danny Garcia and have it be a pay-per-view fight and accept the challenge. And I, and I thought there was a moment of honesty where he said, if this had been a tune-up fight, I maybe wouldn't have been 100% focused because it wouldn't have been a threat. Wouldn't have been a real threat. There are a lot of unanswered questions for Errol Spence. Post-car accident, uh, there's a there's a lot of question marks about uh, did he suffer a concussion? Was there some kind of brain uh, trauma that was involved with that that they kind of they they kind of brushed aside uh, and kept quiet for several months? We don't know any of those answers. We we do know he was an ultra talented fighter before the accident. We don't know what's going to happen now post accident a year later. We will see coming up on this pay per view. That's part of the intrigue. Uh, that's for it but you make a good point they're all going to look good in the warm-ups it's like it's yeah. like we were talking about with bernardo ozuna uh with no hitters everybody looks like a, a, a hero in batting practice till you actually get to a game and have to hit the yeah. curveball or the slider or whatever you have to hit <laughs> to use the baseball analogy where a workout is a workout is a workout we'll see what it looks like for spence and garcia in their pay-per-view that'll about do it here we encourage everybody to read the site correct marquise and check you out and follow you on social media at week sauce radio and read up on bigfightweekend.com correct absolutely tj bigfightweekend.com your source for all things boxing news past present future we'll be keeping up with the uh, fights this week and see if anything of note happens on the sfs1 card not likely also also the nigel benz as mentioned for miller card see what happens on that one if anything it'll be a couple of funny photos about uh oversized heavyweights knocking other heavyweights out that's always fun stuff to watch either way either way i'll keep it up with that bigfightweekend.com over the weekend to keep up with it oh yeah we've got news we've got historical pieces we love all of that and we we are going to keep you we got some big time battles coming that's spin Garcia is part of several weekends in a row. Anthony Joshua Kubret Pulev will be the next weekend. The following weekend is the proposed uh, and now announced Canelo Callum Smith fight. We got we got some interesting ones coming over the next four weekends. We'll see what happens this weekend. We'll be writing about it on the site. That'll do it for now. Our thanks to Bernardo Osuna of ESPN hanging with us on the conversation. For Marquise Johns, I'm merely TJ Reeves. Keep those Dukes up. And thank you for being with us on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye.